0: Why are they doing this? Why are they doing this? Do you really wanna know? It might make
1: you uncomfortable and even sound a little crazy. But if I tell you, you can't go back to sleep, here's the truth, you're under attack. We all are, our children, our families, our communities. The saddest part is they're only successful because we refuse to pay attention. For centuries, even millennia, They've conspired in the shadows and worked behind the scenes, hidden the truth behind cascading waves of lies and distractions. Can we be victorious? Only here. The fusion cell. I'll be your warrior guide, retired Green Beret Master Sergeant Jeremy Brown, with former Police Sergeant Jen. Do we have all the answers? Absolutely not. But together, we'll find them. Now, wake up. And we have Kathy Chamberlain in the house. We're gonna get to that uh finally back to rules for deplorables. I know we've been off a few times, but tonight's the night, people. So we're getting back to it. Kathy, how are you? I'm good. Thanks for having
0: patience with me, everybody. I am not a technical pro like Jen. <laughs> and so uh, we really have tried. I mean, um I I love being on here and I love sharing stuff. And and this past week, Jen, I've been so busy that I really was kind of hoping to have technical difficulties tonight. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, no, I'm really, really glad to be here. But I've had three speeches in the past week. And um, the one thing I love about speeches is that, they get me back into the news, like doing deep dives and doing research and stuff, stuff like that. So um, I, that's what I've been busy with this week. I've got so much to share and uh, hopefully we can get on target on, on, on chapter 10 of my book. Yes. I think that's where we're at, right?
1: Yes, absolutely. Uh, resistance. resistance. So I'm, Yeah. Very excited to talk about this one. Tactic 10. The major premise for tactics is the development of operations that will maintain a constant pressure upon the opposition. That's so clear today. We, we've been seeing that, I think, since 2016. So, so here we are. What do you want to start us off with? Well, really, what people need to understand about this tactic
0: is that um, we're, we are there. We're there right now. And and that is when the left feels like they're out of all um, possibilities and they throw everything at us at once. This is what we're seeing right now. Everything. I mean, you look around and you see uh, what we're facing as far as even the, the, ta- the attack on Israel the other day. Remember, folks, that Israel is regarded as the little Satan. We're regarded as the big Satan. Um, And when you combine that with uh, the the amount of people who are coming over the border today, um, Mm -hmm. they're coming. Make no mistake about it. They're coming for one reason, and that is to attack the big Satan. Um, So we need to wake up.
1: Okay. there's a lot going on in the world today. Uh, Per usual, it seems like lately, a lot of chaos and confusion. Um, I can read some highlights from your book, but I know that we were having a conversation just before we went live. And I think it's, uh, I think we should probably start there. What, what are you thinking with all this that's going on? You were talking about the Balfour declaration and some other things regarding, um, Israel and Palestine. Can you please educate both me and the audience on what you know there? Cause I think your, uh, expertise here goes a little deeper than, one may assume because you you have so much experience.
0: Yeah, I I and and I agree. It's like most people would not look at me and what I'm doing with my book necessarily and think that I have a lot of um information about Israel. <laughs> but um I was involved with many many Israelis both on a personal level and on a business level in Los Angeles when I lived there back in the 80s to 90s. Mm-hmm. Um and as a result, I mean I was in college at the time and so I I I constantly tried to update myself on what are these people all about and what um, uh, what's the big fight going on over there. So I started really studying this issue uh, back 30, 40 years ago, and I've been following it pretty closely ever since. Um, and I'm not saying that I'm necessarily biased to to them, but based on my research, I'm talking about Israel now, based on my research, there's so much more that the American people need to know. Um, and as a matter of fact, you know, we, we tend to, every time something like this happens, by the way, um, Israel's in a really, really strange spot every time something like this happens, because I've never known actually a time that Israel attacked um, the West Bank or Gaza Strip, for example. I've never known a time for that to happen. Or the Arab states, frankly speaking, at least overtly that we're aware of. Okay. So, um, Every time I've seen war, and there's been four wars there, if anybody's been following their history, it's uh, the forty-eight War. That's when Israel gained its statehood. And Israel was just a bunch of um, uh, Jews that had, were survivors of the Holocaust, basically, that were sent over and given a portion of that territory over there uh, because they had been through hell. Um, and uh, what By happened who? at that
1: By who? Me? who Who gave it to them? Oh, by, because
0: the uh, the British basically had owned uh, most of that territory back there from back in, we were talking about the Lawrence of uh, Arabia days. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, so the history goes way, way back. And I, look, I think that the whole Balfour dec- Declaration and we, you know, the West bears a lot of responsibility about this situation that we're in today. Mm-hmm. Um, there's no doubt about that. At the same time. The Arab countries also uh, deserve a lot of responsibility because every war I've seen happen, whether it's the 48, the, the 67, the 73, or the 83, which wasn't really a war war. but um, And now this one will go down in history, no question about it, because you got to remember, folks, where we lost 3,000 uh, citizens in 9 11, they only have 6 million. We lost 3,000 out of 380 million. See, this is what Americans never really consider. And if you drive from east to west in Israel, it takes you three hours. That's it to cross that country. Uh, North to south is six hours. That's it. Okay, so they don't have a lot of wiggle room there. But what happened in the 48 war Um, all of the Arab countries, and if you look at a map and you see tiny little Israel there and then the Arab countries all around them, um, you'll understand what they're up against. All of the Arab countries called on the the, the Arabs um, that lived in the vicinity there. And when Israel first got sent to that area, uh, it was a desert pretty much. I mean, nobody wanted it. It was real estate that you wouldn't want in your uh, in your investment package. Um, and so Israel, Israel, Jews started moving there and started building it up and planting and gardening and kibbutzes and this and that. And then all of a sudden it became a very valuable uh, area. Um, but in 48, when, uh, when Israel, they were in their infancy, just declared a state. I mean, these are people, don't forget, that just came from the Holocaust, from Germany and Europe in in various different countries there. And so what happened then, once they got there, they had no guns, they had no arms, they had no organization, they really barely had a government. And all of the Arab countries around there, I'm talking about Jordan and Lebanon and Egypt and um, uh, Iraq, all of them that surrounded them, Saudi Arabia, they all said to the Arabs, living in the lands that Israel hoped to coexist with the Arabs, they said, everybody out. And they recalled all of the Arabs, and Jordan especially. And so all of the Arabs got out because the, the, the Arab country said, we're going to destroy Israel. Kind of similar to what you're seeing today, by the way, uh, with uh, uh, Israel saying, the IDF saying, the Israel Defense Force mm-hmm. saying, get out of the northern part of, of Gaza because we're going to destroy it. OK, well, the Arabs said this back in 48. They told all of the Arabs living in there and many of them were actually living side by side with Jews and having just very nice friendships. Mm hmm. But the Arabs told him, get out, we're going to protect you. We're going to get all the Jews out of there. And then we're going to let you go back in and you will have all the land. Now, remember, the Israelis made that land much more livable than they ever were. And that these are facts, folks. Check them out. And so what happened, all of those that call themselves now Palestinians. Don't be fooled by Palestine being in the biblical days and that these were the same people. The Palestinians were in the Bible. No, 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 no. That's uh, that's not what history really will tell you if you dig deep. So they all got out and then all of those Arab countries at once pounced on Israel. The fact that Israel won that war in 48 was a miracle. It really was because they had no guns they had no many of them defended their country with shovels and um and hoes and you know just garden utensils basically and so um, but somehow they won. it's a fascinating history really and then there was somewhat peace until 1967 and once again the arabs attacked them on the sabbath i mean they always pick a just like they did just uh, last saturday this was a big holiday for the jews and they did the same thing every time they've attacked they've waited because the sabbath as we know jeremy usually likes to not be doing anything on the sabbath because he respects the bible in its original sense so so they attacked in 1967 and once again it was like an incredible defeat Israel not only won, they pushed the Arabs back to the borderline. If you look at a map today and you see the Gaza Strip and that little teeny West Bank, okay, Israel pushed all of that back down to the Nile in Egypt and the Sinai Peninsula, and they won all of that land, all of it. And then the whole Western civilization came against them and said you can't keep that land you have to give it back think about that they were attacked on a holy day they not only won in miraculous sense against all these Arabs and by the way the Palestinians who originally were called to uh, Jordan they're still in a refugee camp back there in Jordan the biggest refugee camp bigger than Gaza, by the way, they live in much more even filth and poorness and poverty than Gaza. So even their own Arab brothers have not taken care, they're a pawn in this entire constant arena. It's despicable really. And now you wait to see, because when 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 Israel starts pushing back hard, Again, the Western countries will come and say, oh, you're mean. And that's what they did after the 67 war. If, if if Israel just kept the land, now any other country that was attacked, if we were attacked and we pushed back and we would take that land, we wouldn't give it back if we were attacked constantly, right? So that's what they're dealing with right now, and um, and it's it's really and I, I I think I talked to you about this before, Jen. Thirty years ago, I was screaming out. It really bothered me because I was following this whole situation constantly. I followed it all my life for some reason. I think because a um, an elementary school teacher made me read the book, the the Chosen. If You've never read that book, read that book, it's it's absolutely amazing. And I read that, and, and I think that's what started off my interest in that whole region. Um, but, um, but right now, what was I just saying? Shoot, I got off track talking
1: there. about the chosen,
0: yeah, I know. But right before that was really important. I wanted oh. to share this with you that,
1: yeah, oh, something from uh, I think you were saying that when you, uh, it bothered you when you were younger, were you going to talk about like the temple, oh, the madrasas? Okay,
0: okay, so. So I find out about these madrasas, M-A-D-R-A-S-S-A-S. This mm. is their homeschooling system in the Palestine, region, in the Palestinian Gaza Strip and the West Bank, and many of the Middle Eastern countries. And back then, I'm talking about 30 years ago, folks. And I was appalled at what I what I saw and what I read. And mm. that is that they back then they were taking little five-year-olds, you know, pretty much out of the crib. And they were teaching them all this hate, kind of like CRT, actually, and hate the Jews, their pigs, their dogs, they're killing us, they eat our blood. I mean, the stuff that they were saying, I I was shocked. And then I saw these videos of um, all these Palestinian children that were like in elementary school. And it was a long table, and it was the Quran sitting in front of every single one of them. And every one of them was going like this, like that. And I thought, well, what are they doing? And I researched it further, and I found out they were memorizing. Sorry, guys. They were memorizing. I'll shut it off. The Quran. Memorizing it. Can you imagine? Okay. Can you imagine having a Bible in front of you? All throughout. That's all you learned in elementary school. That's it. And high school, by the way. You had to memorize everything in the Bible. And in between those times, um, the, the, the little in-between break classes would be hate the uh, hate the uh, Israelis, their pigs, their dogs. And and all the maps in the, in the little school rooms uh, would be of, of the whole region there without Israel on the map. There'd be no Israel on the map. And and they they just and 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 I would see the songs that they would teach these children would be like little five year olds would be singing is israel the jews are pigs they're dogs they're pigs we hate them it's hate 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 and I thought to myself back then oh my god in thirty years I remember this thought going through my head. I thought, in 30 years, that's going to turn out an awful lot of military-aged, hate-filled Palestinian mm-hmm. children. Seriously. Yeah. I I saw that back then. There was no doubt. I mean, it could not not. And so... This has been going on for an awfully long time now. Recently, I was very discouraged to find out, and I still have friends in Israel uh, to find out that um, that they um, they have gotten more liberal than us. They've gotten more lax on their uh, borders, uh, uh, on their fences. They're just like chain-link fences. I mean, it's just unbelievable where when I had, when I was living in LA and had a bunch of friends from Israel, you know, they were extremely, every single young person from, I think, uh, 16 or 17 till their mid to late twenties. I mean, for two years, for sure, they have to serve in the military, every single one. Mm -hmm. Can you imagine our kids (laughs) at that age being forced well, I got news for you, folks. We're there. We're getting there very fast because an awful lot of these people that are coming over the border are from this mindset. And many are Palestinians. We know this. Uh, Michael Jan has reported it. Um, quite a few people who see what's going on down there. Ben Berquam, um, they know what's coming. So we better, we better really... <laughs> bone up on this knowledge and understand and not go soft.
1: Mm. Very. And I'm not, I'm not
0: saying, I'm not saying by the way that I agree with, um, Oh my God, what's the idiot out of, uh, South Carolina. Um, Lindsey Graham. thank you. Um, yeah. I, uh, I have followed his career for so many years and he, he was, if everybody remembers, when he was over in Syria, when when um, Trump was trying to pull us out of Syria. Yeah. And, and 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 in the picture that Lindsey Graham was with, there were some real bad actors from um, from ISIS in the picture incognito.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Now, whether Graham knew it or not, that's another question. It doesn't matter either. He's really stupid and incompetent. Or he's in with them. It doesn't matter. I'm so done with these. Uh, and I do not want war. We cannot have war right now. We're, they're trying to get us into Ukraine, Israel. Um, where's the third one? Uh, coming. I mean, uh, Taiwan, Taiwan is coming yeah. up very soon. And here. Yeah. I wrote an article probably two, three years ago that, uh, and I, can't remember which country it was about. I believe it was maybe Hong Kong. But we are so spread thin. In, in that article, I researched some of the um, some of the forward thinkers um, in intelligence that uh, were saying that we can't possibly fight two wars at once. We can't. We don't. We didn't have the means back two, three years ago. So to even think that we might be caught up in four wars at once. There's no way.
1: Well, I think it's all with a purpose, right? The way that everything's been going, this is all with a purpose. So it would, uh, if you were to want to take down this nation, you would overextend it and undersupply it. Yes. That's that's where we're going, uh, unfortunately. Very much so. so. You're right. Today we face a culture war that's dividing our country to the left. It is war and they will use any means necessary to win it. Establishment Republicans just don't understand the lengths to which the Dems will go to win unless and until Republicans grow some balls and learn to fight back. We will continue to have divisions within our own party. Did you write that yesterday? or years ago. No, I think I
0: wrote it tomorrow.
1: <laughs> yeah. Um and and that echoes just also what we're seeing um across the ocean as well I think, but regarding the United States that hasn't changed. In fact, it's deepening especially with the speakership and the, you know, Matt Gates versus everybody else it seems like. Um where do you see this going? Um, I'm actually
0: encouraged, believe it or not, Um, more encouraged than I've been in the last two, three years, because, because of what Matt Gates has done. Okay. Um, and I know a lot of people are really confused about it uh, because it doesn't make any sense to them. And I know of several very close family members that called me and said, what is wrong with the Republican party? Who is this Matt Gates? He needs to be thrown out. And You know, it's like, oh, my God, are you kidding? No, he's exactly what we need. Folks, we are a very divided party. There's no question about that. But we have been for a very long time. The only difference you're seeing right now is that our half has not stepped up and tried to get our party back. Think about it. Our half is more than a half. We are the majority. The way we think, the way the um, America Firsters think, the way MAGA thinks We are the majority, and these establishment folks have come in and infiltrated over the past couple of decades Mm
1: -hmm.
0: and effectively gotten control over our party. So, when people here in my county come to me and say, I quit, I'm done, I want to, you know, forget about the Republican Party, and I, I say, No, 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 why should we give it? To them, Abraham Lincoln, this was, remember, the Republican Party was the party of Lincoln. And Lincoln would be appalled at the establishment rhinos. There's no question about it when you read um, Lincoln's statements and his history and whatnot. Um, these guys are not following Lincolns. We have to fight to get back the Republican Party. So what Matt Gates is doing right now in the in congress in the house for the speakership oh my god it's incredible i've never seen in all the times that i've been following politics i have never seen this kind of courage Um, and the least we can do is call if you have not called his office or your own representative in the house no matter what state you're in and tell them that you are behind Matt Gates 100%. You need to do that because he's fighting the battle of his life. He's putting his whole career on line right now. Either he wins or he doesn't. Mm-hmm. Uh, Steve Scalise, and I, I did a deep dive on him because I've always liked Steve Scalise, but he's just a nothing burger. You know, he's like very weak. Yeah. We don't need weak. We need fighters right now. That's why I have my my uh, shirt on fight like a Flynn. Is that what it nice. says? Yeah. Deplorable yes. rule number one, fight like a Flynn. And so Matt Gates is one of those. He fights like a Flynn. Um, so when they got Steve Scalise in there, I wanted to find out because I wasn't 100% certain myself um, how conservative he was. I was never really impressed because he kind of stays in the background. Right. Um And then when I started really researching it, I mean, the guy's got like a 54 percent conservative vote rating in comparison to Jim Jordan's 95 percent. And that's from Liberty House, I believe it is. But that's a very, very um, um, well regarded source. Mm -hmm. Uh, So as as much as and I know you've said it yourself, Jen, we've gotten in these conversations before about Jim Jordan. I mean, I the first time I found out about Jim Jordan was 2010. I went to a Glenn Beck um, speech uh, event in uh, Orlando. It was Glenn Beck, it was Jim Jordan, and it was the beginning that uh, Andy Biggs, it was the beginning of the uh, Freedom Caucus, and um, and I met them all, and I was so impressed because they were the fighters back then. and. Sometimes, when you look at what they're doing today, it's very easy to say, Well, why aren't they following through? Why aren't they doing this? Why aren't they pushing harder? But we forget standing in the background that they've got a lot of pressure on them. And unless we, the people, stand behind them and push the ones who are preventing them from getting things done, we're just as at fault. So we have to give him, uh, if we want him in there, because I'll tell you, when Steve uh, Scalise, I mean, he really is a, a, a just a carbon copy of what McCarthy was, and then we're stuck with him for years. Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, I
0: can't take it.
1: You you write in here about Rich Higgins. You said a revealing memo on the resistance was written by Rich Higgins, a former Pentagon official who served in Trump's NC, yeah, n NSC Strategic Planning Office's director under then. NSC director, Michael Flynn, what is, uh, Higgins, uh, how does he fall in with these tactics here? Cause I know that you were excited to talk about him. Um, groups assisting those wanting to transform America are, are fairly easy to identify. Higgins says they include the mainstream media via disinformation, academia versus via indoctrination, the resistance via infiltration, global corporatists and bankers via financial support, the left via Alinsky's tactics, the Republican elitists via caving to Alinsky's tactics Mm -hmm. and Islamists. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Whose rallying cry, quote, by their own hands has been the declared strategy of the Muslim brotherhood since 1991. The strategy seeks to divide American society against itself with the forced imposition of Islamist objectives on one half of American society by the other half. Please talk to me more about that.
0: I could have written that yesterday, although those weren't my words. They were Rich Higgins words. And he so impressed me. I, as a matter of fact, I was in communication with him for a short while. He Mm -hmm. died a couple of years ago. I was so, so sad because he was really an American hero in my eyes. The NSC, for those who don't know, is the National uh, Security uh, Council under the NSA, the national security uh, advisor, I think it is, uh, that was General Flynn at the time. And that short period of time that Flynn was in the White House, um, Rich Higgins was one of his um, advisors under him. And then when the FBI and the DOJ effectively took Flynn out of the picture, Rich Higgins stayed in. And uh, if you recall, uh, General McMaster, was uh, took over for Flynn, and he was a rhino's rhino gen- general. And um, and what happened then? Um, Rich Higgins saw the 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 dangers of what was coming our way because um, Obama really set the stage for a friendly reach out from America to a very unfriendly Muslim. Hand. Mm -hmm. And Rich Higgins saw that. And folks, if you don't know, there's, (laughs) I get yelled at every time I use this term, but it is a real term useful idiots. Okay. Useful idiots were used under Stalin and Lenin. And, you know, that's anybody who would sell their souls out for money, you know, or sell their country out Mm -hmm. um, just to get immediate gratification in whatever way they get it. Um, Those people, Stalin and Lenin both called, it's attributed to both of them, useful idiots. And they both said, once they're done with the useful idiots, um, they'll kill them. They don't need them anymore. They only need them to overtake the country.
1: Mm -hmm. To spread their propaganda. That's all they need them for.
0: Right, right. And so Rich Higgins uh, recognized that. And he wrote what's now known as the Rich Higgins Memo. And you can Google that. By the way, don't forget I said that. Don't use Google. <laughs> I have since found out. I mean, we all know Google sucks, okay? Yeah. And um, But but I didn't really know. I, duck, duck, go. You know, that's that sucks too. So now I have found um, and I've confirmed that Brave, B-R-A-V-E, is so much better. And I've started using them and I can find things so much easier um, than under Google. But at any rate, so Rich Higgins' memo.
1: Okay.
0: Look that up because what he did, he was an intelligence officer and he gathered all the information about, and he tied the dots. He connected the dots between the left, um, the Democrats, the Democrats, the Uni Party, the globalists, the Islamists, Antifa, and really built a I write a lot about it in this chapter, by the way, um, because I was so impressed with it. And that's why I originally reached out to him and said, Wow, I'm 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 impressed. That's really what it's all about. And what Americans don't realize, and especially the left, especially anybody grouped into what I just named off there, those groups. BLM, Antifa, you know, they have no, they're useful idiots. They have no idea that, oh, even, oh, let me throw this one into the LGBTQ
1: community. Q-I-S plus plus plus, Kathy.
0: The plus 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 plus, (laughs) right, exactly. Because the, the Islamists despise gays, Completely. They throw gays off. If, if, if a Middle Eastern guy comes out of the closet, it's not like here. Those people have no tolerance whatsoever. And they, they throw these people off of 10 foot buildings. If they find out, I mean, that's just a fact. It really is a very barbaric, um, ideology for the 21st century. Um, and so even against women, I mean, the whole work. So so Rich Higgins puts together this memo that is unbelievable. You've got to read it. It blew me away. And he sent it throughout the entire White House after General Flynn got canned. Okay. Um, and so when he did that, it got back to General McMaster. And this is how you find out who's on that side and who's on this side. Because General McMaster immediately fired Rich Higgins when he found out he was the author of this. Even though the memo was exactly on target, from my education, my research, my experience, he was right on, but the left attacked it so hard. And um, and McMaster, of course, buckled to that pressure. And um and he he was really, really a disaster in the White House. That's the unfortunate thing with Trump. Has he learned, you know, is he still surrounding himself with these people like McMaster's and getting rid of people like General Flynn? I don't know. I hope to God he's learned that. Uh, he just threw um Benjamin Netanyahu under the uh, uh, under the bridge the other day. Did you see that?
1: I man, I I should have watched his whole speech. So I've only seen snippets, which are not reliable. So I
0: yeah, well, I saw this. The uh, I didn't watch any of it except I saw that snippet, and I'm like, wow. I had to then go back and see if I what I heard was really right because mm-hmm. um, it is very painful to see a leader of the West uh, throwing a leader of the of Israel under the bus. It's painful to see that they're dividing us like that. And I'm sure they all clapped
1: what did upon he say? hearing that. What did he say exactly? He
0: said that, um, apparently, okay, they had, remember the terrorist that Sol, Sol, Soliani, uh, so, oh my God, what was his name? Um, why don't al- they just name themselves smith? <laughs> um
1: <laughs> al- I know. al, al- or something like that.
0: Suleimani. Okay. Okay, back at we're talking uh, Afghanistan, right?
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: Yes, when and and Trump got in there and he said uh and he went after Al-Soleimani and and then after he attacked uh, the attack was apparently in combination with they were partnering we were partnering with Israel. And for months, we had been practicing the raid and the kill. And um, and one day before the raid, uh, Netanyahu called uh, Trump and said, apparently, according to Trump, and said, uh, we're out. Now, that's that's a hell of a thing to do, if true. And I yeah. have no reason to doubt Trump. Why would he say that? Mm-hmm. Unless it's political. And um, you know, I haven't studied Israeli politics in a while, but I did see a DJ on. I don't know if you caught that video tonight of um uh the DJ that was on um who the heck was interviewing him? Oh, uh Epoch Times. And mm-hmm. um the DJ was saying that they are so united over there, it's like they're 9-11 and um, which is interesting because they were divided exactly in half the Libs, the, uh, the conservatives, and now they're all like one. So
1: mm-hmm. if you
0: can remember back in 912, 2001, mm-hmm. how we were all, you know, most of us were pretty much conservatives that day. So it'll be very, very interesting. Um, and also sad to see what comes out of this, because I hate more bloodshed. I hate the fact that they have to go in there. But the, the truth is, I they can't, they cannot, you know, Israel throughout for 40 years, all I've been hearing from Israel is we can live side by side with the Palestinians. And all I've heard from the Palestinians is we cannot live side by side with the Israelis. OK, that's a fact. I don't think anybody would argue with you. With, with me on that. So when you have a neighbor that says, I want to kill you and you sit there and say, please don't, I really want to make friends with you. Okay. For 40 years.
1: I mean, I mean, of course, Kathy, that's not what I see or hear. Um, what do you hear? I've seen, uh, so of course, uh, if I'm going to tell you that I've seen videos of israeli children saying that they want to kill palestinians and then they're interviewing palestinian children they're saying they want to kill israelis my first thought is going to say well you know these children are being taught to hate one another and then my second uh thought is going to be i have no idea if that's what they're actually saying okay yeah i don't know no it's i mean it's a very
0: good point the same time um because I have followed it for 30 to 40 years. And i truly, I have truly since my twenties, I have, I don't know why I've always felt an affinity to that region. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: And I have seen the hatred. I've seen the hand being extended many, many more times by the Israelis. Now, I don't know when, or if that really was an Israeli child that was saying what you heard them say, Um, or when they came out with that, did they just lose their mommy in this past? I don't know, but I can tell you that Israelis are not taught that. And more Israelis that I know from California have up until recently, I'm very uh, interested in reaching out to them here shortly and find out what they think now, because all of them, I I would say almost 100% of them, wanted to be friends with the Palestinians you know there's a lot of Arabs who live in Israel by the way very happily and they're the most well-paid Arabs in the region Um, there's a lot to this that unfortunately we're going to be hearing a lot of things like little steps and pieces like you're you're pulling out from there but um, I don't know what the answer is honestly the answer was to stop the madrasas I felt back then that we should never give another dime to the Palestinians on unless they stop that filth that's how I believed back then because there's only one way that was going to turn out
1: yeah that's pretty obvious but
0: but because we as Americans as western civilization we always want to allow freedom you know, we we don't want to stop them from saying, you pig, you belong in the sea. We're going to drive the the Israelis out to the sea. That's been their mantra for 40 years. It hasn't been, we want to live side by side, Jen. Wherever you're getting your information from, you really need to dig more on that because that's a that's a mantra they've had for 40 years and it has not oh, changed. Now, the problem is-
1: You have to, you is, have um, to ask yourself- but listen, I don't feel one way or the other. Okay. I'm very uh being very objective right now. Why would those people say that? If if I brought someone of Palestinian, you know, ethnicity and nationality into the studio right now and asked them what are your feelings? Why would you support uh a Hamas terrorist doing this kind of thing? What would they say? They would say because the
0: uh, because Hamas came in here and gave us all the humanitarian aid we needed. Okay, and they do. This is how they operate. This is one of the things in the Rich Higgins uh, memo as well. By the way, this is how this is their MO right down here in in St. Petersburg. Uh, when I was doing all the protests back in 2020 against Antifa, BLM, and all them, I found out that we have a whole group down there called the Uhuru Movement. I didn't know. I never heard of them before. I had no idea who they were. And then I started digging deep into it. And then I started finding out that we've got these Muslim groups. They're part of a Muslim group all over Tampa Bay. Uh, Amazing amounts. MSA, they're called, Muslim Student Association. They backed, uh, what's that guy's name that uh, ran against um, Governor DeSantis? Um, I can't believe I forget the black guy uh, that was then a a whole mess. Yeah. Naked on the floor picture. Everybody knows that story, but, um, but so that group, the Uhuru movement down here, they're all part of, you've never, you probably never heard of Samuel Arian. Have you?
1: No, it was Andrew Gillum, by the way. Andrew Gillum. Thank you.
0: So Samuel Arian used to be with USF. He taught there. This is back in 1990. Uh, um, so when I first moved here, it was probably the late 90s. And it was a big court case going on. And he was from Palestine. Um, and he was uh, found guilty. Um, of It was called the Holy found, uh, Holy Land Foundation. Do you remember that? Did you ever hear about that? No. It, it actually was out of Texas the Holy Land Foundation, but Samuel Arion was in USF teaching. And so once that whole foundation came to light, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. uh, part of the discovery was their, I I wouldn't call it a constitution, but they're almost like their agenda 2021. It was a, a, a document and everything it said in there were almost like what the communists outlined to take over the Western civilization. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, they would say, take over their schools to uh, send all your money back to the Palestinians and to the, um, to the Muslim groups back there, the uh, Muslim brotherhood um, uh, be friends with the Western, your Western people um, uh, lie to them. Uh, you have to read this. I, I read the whole document that's called the Holy land foundation, court case, and their entire structure, that was back in the 90s, was to infiltrate us from within and send every dime that they collected back to the Muslim Brotherhood, back in the Islam uh, countries, so that um, they could uh, uh, help the, um, um, the Hamas and Hezbollah, Mm-hmm. And uh, to continue their war against the little Satan and the big Satan, mm-hmm. and if you read that today, I mean they have uh, they have uh, made their objectives are about ninety nine point nine percent met, and part of that now they're fulfilling by sending so many of their uh, battle aged trained guys over here, uh, through our border. And I just saw a, um, a, uh, interview with, um, Michael Yon, mm-hmm, who mm-hmm. said that, um, he's down there watching the areas like Venezuela and all that, where the South American areas where they've got those camps, where all these foreigners come into yes. and folks, it used to take, he said, uh, a week, to load the, to get a bus in load them all up and then send them off at that time and that was months and months ago they were running about 300,000 um i guess it must have been a month i'd have to recheck those numbers but now they're up to um a million a million and the buses now no longer take off after a week that all the immigrants come into the camp and they're not they're not there for any longer than a couple of hours because now they have it down mm-hmm. see we keep getting pulled into this heartstring um saga over there every 10 years or whatever it is with the middle east um, and we keep saying, here's what happens. Okay. First, the initial attack comes and it's horrific. This is the most horrific I've ever seen. The chopping off of the baby's heads The, that's
1: you right know, up. I'm not sure if that's, I think that, okay. Was- you're not sure if that's
0: accurate. Okay. Yeah. Though no, I hear this by the way, every time. And then a couple of years later, it comes out that it was all true, but I'll let you figure it out on your own, Jen, because today with you haven't seen the video of like inside the kibbutzes and the homes where the dogs you've got a, a leg blown off. I mean, mm-hmm. and I understand what you're saying. It's almost like what do we believe today?
1: War is is disgusting and it's ugly, and there we really there's should- no
0: question about that. Yeah, but every time this has happened and by the way, the history books have not changed. If you really want to learn history and you want to dig, you're going to find that every single war, the Muslims, and I'm not even talking about the Palestinians here, the Arab countries get an itch every, what, t- 20 years, and they they want that land. That land is incredibly rich with resources and, and minerals, um, and Again, before the Israelis came there, it was all dry desert, worthless. Look that up, too.
1: See, So you say that, but then I see a video today of a Palestinian man being uh, interviewed, and he's saying that his dad was 90 years old and uh, the land was taken from him by the Israelis. And uh, he said, "That's okay, son. They just took the land. I'm just telling you the video I saw. Right again. I don't even know if this is the this is what happens when war occurs. It's propaganda. Although we've been having the propaganda. fog of war, right? And he said that the Israelis pulled up the trees that the father had planted there with tractors, and then his his father died there shortly after because he couldn't take uh, that. The okay, that was 90, and
0: he died shortly after. Okay, so. I can tell you that from cross-referencing for many, many years and researching, there is a lot of propaganda. There's no question about that. Absolutely. But I have found that the Palestinians are very good actors. And I do not like saying that, trust me, because they are living in squalid areas, Squall it. Mm-hmm. However, you have to ask, why haven't their brothers stepped in? And just look up about the 1948 war. Why did all the Arab countries come and say all of the pal- all of the people living there, and I don't even think they were called Palestinians even then. I'm trying to remember my research back then, but I don't think they gave themselves the Palestinian name mm-hmm. until after the 48 war. I might be wrong there but they told them all to get out and they did. They all left knowing that it was going to be a total annihilation of the of Israel, of the people in that land who were once their neighbors. They knew that, but really what choice did they have? So of course you're gonna leave and you're gonna go back to your brothers. And they got out of there. And when the Arabs uh, came and attacked the Israelis and were pushed back and even gained further land, Look up the Jordan-Palestinian refugee camp. Look that up. That's been for 70 years now. And those people live worse than they do in Gaza. And you have to ask yourself, why is that? See, the Palestinians are being used as a pawn by both sides. And But if, if the Arabs and the Muslims really care about them, this this whole situation would have been handled a long time ago, in my opinion. All the money we've sent to the Palestinians, you know how much money we've sent there, by the way? Well, we should send be money all like all kings. And What's we and
1: we we send money all over the world, and it's <laughs> never for the reasons that they tell us it it's for. But instead so of
0: bettering their lives, the Hamas and Hezbollah. Oh, they have better their lives, by the way, in the humanitarian way that and this is what the Uhuru down here did, too. They, the Muslims will move into a community. They will take care of everybody's food, water. You know, they'll pay the bills. They'll the control factor. It's all about control. And and so then they do the food banks, all that stuff. And then the people who live there think they're their big brother. That they know this game that I'm talking about the Mus- the uh, uh the, the Islamic states, mm-hmm. and so this is how they do with their their people, but not unlike our government does to us, frankly. We have a lot of poor here, yeah, and that live off of welfare. It's the same thing, it's the um, coward pivot strategy you know, get them dependent on you and, um, and you've got them for life and that, that, that's, that's what's happened. So, but, um, unfortunately they're used as a pawn constantly throughout the last 70 years that I've been paying or 40 years that I've been paying attention. Um, but I, but I have studied it quite a bit, Jen, and it, it, it is difficult on both sides of the aisle. And yet I I will tell you, every time I've seen they've done the attacking, Israel then attacks back and Israel gets a lot of flack from the Western countries and a lot of pressure. You're going to see that come up big time in the next couple of weeks. And then they're going to be the bad guys. And then history will write them in as the bad guys once again. This this is what you're going to see. And then it'll start all over again. But this time it's a little different, you know. The uh, the Muslims uh, the Islamists there uh, Hezbollah um, and Hamas have massive tunnels built. Constantly, Israel has to keep an eye on the tunnels that they have built. From now, why do, why are they building these tunnels? Why don't they put that money into making truly making the Gaza Strip better? By the way, the West Bank all has always functioned along pretty pretty well, I mean, much, much better than Gaza, because Hezbollah got a hold of Gaza, and the West Bank has kind of been a little bit more independent, probably based on where they're located. But um, there's just a lot more to know. People don't need to be jumping to conclusions on this. Um,
1: You're absolutely right. That's why I stay uh, objective. I'm not taking one side or the other. I I haven't heard the whole story, I don't think, and now's the worst time to learn it, isn't it? Because Yeah, because of the propaganda that's going around. Yeah. So I'm I'm absolutely uh staying right smack in the middle. Um something else you say here, the first step in staying ahead of your opponents is to understand how they think. With that knowledge, it becomes easier to see why the resistance behaves the way they do. It's also why understanding Olinsky's tactics is so critical to knowing how to counter the opposition. Do you think that's possible today uh, to know and understand how our enemies are thinking and who are our enemies? I would venture here that our enemies are our one global world order. So, you know, anything that's going towards that end uh, would be something that we should be staying away from. So, do you th- do you think it's possible for us to understand that and combat that?
0: Um, not at the rate we're going, but if you uh, if you check out that first page of my, and I've I totally forgotten about this, but many of your listeners will not, but um, that first page of my uh, that chapter, Resistance, you have Mm -hmm. to kind of understand that to understand where I went to from here, where I start off with that letter. Do you remember the letter that came out in the Washington Post and it was signed by Anonymous? It came out of the White House when Trump was in office. Mm -hmm. And I was furious with it. Oh, my God, that Mm -hmm. was... I think that was one of the real motivators for me to even write my book because this person who didn't have the balls to sign his name now that should be a first red flag but he no. starts he he has this in his letter oh it was the New York Times op-ed that's what it was September fifth two thousand eighteen ours is not the popular resistance of the left we want the administration to succeed in. But we believe our first duty to this country, the president continues to act in a manner that is detrimental to the health of our republic. Just think about that for a second. That's somebody inside Trump's administration writing this. And he goes on to say his erratic behavior would be more concerning if it weren't for unsung heroes in the white house like him i guess the writer yeah in this chaotic era americans should know that there are adults in the room think about this he's talking about the president of the united states that anonymous is the adult in the room and his like-minded thinkers yeah he said, given the instability, well, I didn't know there was any instability, frankly. I thought it was working out all just fine back then. Imagine the instability we're seeing today. Right. He says, given the instability, there were early whispers of invoking the 25th Amendment. We know what that is, right? Where you say yeah. that president's out here. which would start a complex process for removing the president. But nobody wanted to precipitate a constitutional crisis. So we will do what we can to steer the administration in the right direction until one way or the other it's over. That's resistance, Jen. And resistance is our, in my view, in this context against Trump back then, they're the left, the Democrats, the uh Rhinos, Establishment, Uniparty, Globalists, they're all in the same basket of undeplorables, should we say? Um and that they are the ones resisting who? The common people. We're the common people. Trump was really looking out for the rights of the common people. And so to answer your question, I don't know, you know, now with this new Newsweek article, and I'm, and this is, this is uh, something I'm speaking about as I go around the state. um, This Newsweek article that talks about, you know, there's, there's that, that one little term in there that really is the nuanced um, major part of that article. And that's the, acronym i gave a g a a v e yeah <clears throat> and i'll be darned if i can remember what it stands for i think it's anti-government anti something okay but uh yeah. anti um at any rate oh um anti-rebellious Yeah, look it up. Um,
1: uh, Anti-government or anti-authority violence.
0: Anti-authority, right. I remember that from uh, Rebelling Against My Father. (laughs) Anti-government, anti-authority. And if you think about that, okay, the, the original writing in that FBI document was... Um, anybody who goes against uh, ideology that has an ideology that is anti-government, anti-authority. Now they just changed that. It's no longer just against the ideology. It's against the political ideology. That's an incredible difference, change that many Americans don't understand. And then followed up with, Um, Hillary saying that we're all a cult, right? And that, um, we all need to be reeducated.
1: Formally, by the way. What? Formally reeducated.
0: And if people don't understand what that means, they don't say stuff they don't mean. Now they may not, um, mean that it's going to happen tomorrow they might not mean you know for another two years whatever but we don't know the timing i don't think they really even know the timing however i did recently read that the agenda 2030 um is now being discussed at the wef the world economic forum Mm -hmm. as agenda 2025 they're moving it up a couple of years why do you think that might be so while we're being distracted absolutely by this thousands and thousands of year history mm-hmm. between ancient ideologies
1: truthfully yes,
0: yes. um yep yeah, we're in trouble
1: yeah yep we're it's in trouble. all with a purpose again there's no question about it you see where our money's going you see all the pe- people coming across the border and the gaslighting daily from yeah. the white house is outrageous. It's we are living in that book, 1984 it's here. He actually, it's, it's, you know, something that I read was that George Orwell was in the high echelons of British society. So this was not like he just made all this stuff up. He knew what the plan was and he wrote a story around it. Okay. So we're here, we're living it and, and how we're going to proceed forward. We will win. We have to stay uh, positive and, and manifest our reality. Okay. Keep working towards what we want to see because evil will not win. It won't. There's too many good people out there, but we are being distracted right now. And it is, if I can just say
0: this, it's it's a real balance for me when I give my speeches, because on the one hand, I want to motivate people because we're coming down to the last couple of years, years. Right? Yes. Year, one year, really from November, we have one year till the next elections, folks. And so many people still are sitting on the fence going, gee, you know, I don't know. Should I get in now? Mm, should I really even, you know, I'm living kind of a really nice, blissful life. I mean, This is like it it infuriates me. I can't. It's really hard for me to handle. So I have to balance how much to say to people. We're done. Yeah. With we'll win, because we won't win if more people don't join in. That's very true. And fight.
1: Yeah, and and honestly, that's only going to happen when things get worse. Yeah, people are going to have to get uncomfortable. And then they'll realize that, uh, oh, they're not comfortable. Things are affecting them and they may just have to do something about it. So we still have a little more time until that happens for uh, some people. But I can tell you, I'm already very uncomfortable. Me too. I know you've been too. So. Yeah. All right. Well, yeah, is, for we, sure. is there anything, Kathy, that uh, you'd like any knowledge nuggets you'd like to leave us with bef- before we sign off? I just want everybody to keep
0: listening really closely to the words that uh, those in our government are using right now, because from Biden to the DHS, to the FBI, uh, to the DOJ, they're all making these little statements that are targeting MAGA, America Firsters, and they're saying that we are going to be a problem in the future. That, that's code speak for them throwing out to FBI agents and what have you, you know, that beware. And so we need to take that pretty seriously. And we need to always conduct ourselves in a peaceful manner. There's no question about that. I don't think anybody probably that's listening here uh, tonight um, disputes that. Um, but just know that they're watching there. They've got those red flags going out like they did on um, January 6th Yes, and we have to all pull together and we've got to get behind, please get behind Jim Jordan. I don't know if Jen agrees with me or not. That's my um, recommendation because he's, he's, there's nobody better than him. Let me put it that way. So Jen, thanks for all you're doing. I loved listening to, your interview a couple nights ago, it might've been last night with uh, Jeremy where he um, gave you all kinds of accolades. It's like, wow, I don't hear that coming from too much from Jeremy. (laughs) That was, that was nice to hear. Um, And so, and and he's right, you are. And so keep up the good work because we need to keep that, um, that, that focus on, on, on the right heroes in this
1: story. And Jeremy is certainly one of them. Absolutely. Yes. Thank you for that, Kathy. I appreciate it. All right. Well, thank you everybody for joining in our next chapter just to whet the (laughs) palate, Everybody gets excited about the next chapter. It's mobs versus jobs is the name of the chapter. It's tactic number 11. If you push a negative hard and deep enough, it will break through into its counterside. Oh no! And just a little nugget with
0: that. I remember writing that, and I did a bunch of research when I did that chapter on the the groups like Proud Boys, Three Percenters, um, Oath Keepers, and I found back then that was like 2019 or so that they all their websites were so patriotic, so beautiful, so full of love and peace and prayers and and everything, and then. Two years later in 2020, I did research for an article I was doing about the summer of 2020 and there were swastikas all over their websites. And, you know, I do talk a little bit about that there, but I'll talk about it more uh, the next time I'm on here. So so they've been hacked is my point. They their websites never looked like they do today. I don't know what they look like today. We'll have to research that when we. Yeah. um, But I'm sure they were used against them. But so I know I'm. No, it's totally- I, I'm being a Jeremy right now and droning on and on.
1: <laughs> no, let me just add one thing to that. Uh, I'll join you. Um a Sunny, I think her name from the view, she compared Hamas to the Proud Boys and the Proud Boys to Hamas. Okay. Well, so I'd th- love
0: to hear her reasoning there.
1: Okay. So, I mean, when you talk about um, that, they're, you know, sending out these flags and that we do have to be careful or, I guess, beware more like it. Uh, you're absolutely right. And Newsweek coming out with that article is very telling. I mean, they basically put it on loudspeaker. They put it on blast. They want you to know that they have encoded a category for you in their computer system called Agave or Agav or whatever you want to call it. So it's absolutely... Um, we're here folks we're in 1984 i would just like to ask sunny
0: one question as far Mm -hmm. as um whether she knows of any situation where the proud boys um came in on paragliders and killed a bunch of people at a peace concert just asking yes they generally have always been there for the protection of and by the way i don't Mm -hmm. think it's any secret if you start researching it that the that the Antifa is international. It's, it's international, and they, they, and that was part of Richard Higgins' memo. Okay. They collude with Hamas, Hezbollah, Antifa. They're all the same. So if Sunny is okay with Antifa, then she would probably agree that Hamas is like Oath Keepers or, but I don't see that at all.
1: Yeah. Uh. Let me get to uh, the chat real, here real quick, Kathy, before we drop off. Um, we Thank you very much. Brave Dave uh, gave us some a little donation there. Actually, a big one. He says, if I invite Hillary Clinton for Halloween, will my decorations hang themselves? <laughs>
0: ah, I love that. Good one, so,
1: Dave. A little money for the commissary and a coffee for the sergeant. Thank Aww. you very much. Much appreciated. And here's one from Cam and Ten, Kathy. You said at the Forty Five Club, "What I was thinking, we cannot use their language. We need to be better about messaging." So I I wasn't
0: sure I really caught caught that. He said, "What?
1: um, We can't use their language. We need to do better about messaging." But what was the first part?
0: Was um, he saying this?
1: This person heard you at the Trump Forty Five Club speaking. Uh, Okay. So that was they were referring in, to your speech.
0: I think that was up in Citrus.
1: Yeah. I just wanted to get to those comments. Okay. Well, thank you. For, thank you very much, Kathy, for being here tonight. I love our Friday night. So hopefully uh, we could do this again very soon because I'm intrigued about the next chapter already. So thank you for that. Thanks everybody for tuning in. Please hit the subscribe button. If you haven't already, give us a rumble. Please follow us on Twitter. We're trying to get to 500 subscribers, folks. I haven't ever put that out there, but we're almost at 400. Trying to get 500 here. And that's uh, the Fusion Cell on Twitter. So thank you, everybody, for being here. Have a good night. And whatever you do, don't do nothing. World domination. Same old dream. The universe grows smaller every day. a new birth of freedom and that government of the people by the people and for the people shall not perish from the earth it was a great word